No one is paying attention because the banks are too busy getting paid obscene fees to sell these bonds. But wait, you are the bank. When you work for the bank, I bet your margins are pretty nice and fat. Let's not talk about my margins, by the way. Being nice and fat, that's a nice shirt. Do they make it for men? Aren't you the bank? I work for the bank. I don't think like a bank. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right? Hi everyone and welcome to Bina 007 Movie Reviews and today I'm going to be talking to you about the Oscar nominated black comedy economic satire The Big Short which is a brilliant movie directed by Adam McKay who brought us Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy and many Saturday Night Live skits but it's based on the book by Michael Lewis of the same name and I guess Michael Lewis must be the most famous Wall Street journalist. He's a guy who exposed the greed and excess of the bond market in the 1980s with his iconic book, Liar's Poker, and since then has covered Wall Street for many outlets, including Vanity Fair, where I read him, and has come out with this book called The Big Short, in which he is describing the craziness of the housing market and the credit market and the bond market in the 2000s that led to the collapse of Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers and pretty much the whole financial system in 2008. And of course, there's been lots of books written about this and a couple of decent movies. Um, Wall Street 2 was, of course, awful. But there's a really good movie called Margin Call that was put out a couple of years ago. And actually, I think that's probably the best still fiction film about banking. And in particular, it takes you inside of a fictitious bank, kind of like a Lehman Brothers, where some junior analysts realize that the bank could fail because they are chock full of these terrible debt products and how they try and basically offload this crap from their books before the market finds out. So check out Margin Call if you've got a love for all things Wall Street, but also check out The Big Short. So the conceit of Michael Lewis's book and indeed this film is that he is going to focus on the handful of people and he estimates somewhere between 10 and 20 people who actually saw what was going on in the mortgage market, realized that it was just going to end in tears and managed to bet against it. That's what the big short means. If you're shorting a stock, you're selling it. Um, and if you think about the thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who work in international banking, that there were only 10 to 20 people who figured out it was going to go wrong and explicitly had the balls to bet against it. That's really in incredibly smart and incredibly courageous and deserves some attention. So I guess the other thing to mention is it's not obvious that Michael Lewis's book should have become a fiction movie. It's the sort of meaty financial topic that often becomes a documentary. And I'm thinking here of the really fantastic financial doc called Enron, The Smartest Guys in the Room, that again was based on a really good set of um, journalistic reporting. And if I had read The Big Short, as I now have, having watched the movie, to me, it would have just been a documentary where you sort of interview all the people who were involved, but actually make it into a work of fiction. So fictionalizing some of the key characters is a work of genius because it allows you to focus on the personal reaction these people have. Because these are all smart guys, they're all insiders. You know, after the financial crash, you can read in the news, maybe you even feel outraged at what these bankers got away with. 
Um, but it's usually us feeling outraged from outside of the system. So if you look at the Occupy movement or the rise of populist politics from people voting for Trump or Sanders or Corbyn or whatever it is, it's people outside the system who feel it's screwed them over and are angry. What's different about the Big Short is that these few people who saw the system was fraudulent, and that's a really important word. It's not just moronic, it's not just stupid, it's not just junior analysts just doing their job. There is actual fraud going on here on a systemic, massive scale. So you take these insiders, people who are in the financial bubble, and you watch them become angry. And it's even funnier and more traumatic and tragic because these are people who effectively work in the system. They believe in the system. They have been hugely well rewarded by the system. And you're watching them lose their faith in it. So it's one thing to say that if you know, if you always thought the bankers were crooks, you know, you're not going to be surprised. If you're someone who works in the system, then it's even more shocking. And the other kind of real tragedy that's at the center of this movie is that, or not tragedy, irony, I don't know how much sympathy, as one of the characters says, how much sympathy you're going to have for me, I made 42 million off the, the Lehman Brothers crash. But is that these are people who are going to make money because they were right and they had the courage to back their views when everyone told them they were stupid and when they were nearly going bankrupt because they had to um, pay carry on this, they had, to, they had to pay margin on this. So, you know, they've suffered for being right and yet they know that if they're right they're being right at the expense of the average american homeowner so you kind of you need to be right financially but you don't want to be right because if you're right it means that ordinary people are going to lose their jobs ordinary people are going to lose their homes and actually in in the minds of two of the younger characters and you get this more in the book they're really worried about the future of democracy they think that the the crisis that's going to unravel when they are right is so big it could threaten modern democracy. So I think this is a fascinating book. It's a fascinating movie because it's showing you the crisis, not from outsiders, not from insiders, but from the handful of people who saw it was wrong and stood to kind of gain everything, but at the expense of everything they'd ever believed in. The way both the book and movie works is it focuses on key characters. And it starts off with patient zero of the big short. This kind of geeky, socially awkward, really super smart guy living in San Jose. So, you know, the other side of the world from Wall Street, the other side of America, at least. And he's played by Christian Bale. And he's the guy who turns up to his hedge fund office in shorts and a T-shirt because he just doesn't care. He just cares about facts and he's been going through all the data and all the numbers and he just doesn't get how the housing market can be doing so well, especially when interest rates are rising. This is 2005. And he suddenly realizes that lending standards have been getting really easy, that it's really easy to get credit and that a lot of the products upon which these mortgages are based, so to use the jargon asset-backed securities, are going to go bad as soon as the housing market goes bust. And that this is going to severely constrain big banks because they own a lot of this stuff. So he wants to bet against this market. He has a hedge fund so he can do it. But there's no kind of obvious way in which he can do it. So he goes to Wall Street and asks them to create a product that allows him to do this big short. And because Wall Street is just so confident that the housing market can never fall and, and the stuff can never fail, they're willing to sell him the insurance because they're like, well, pff, we'll just collect the premiums and you'll never need it. Well, it'll never go bad. So he's like character number one. Character number 
two is a Bond salesman played by Ryan Gosling, who really is the sort of the Gordon Gecko Wall Street guy who's too slick and nobody trusts him. And he realizes what this guy has done over in San Jose and thinks, well, maybe some other people can buy this stuff. So he pitches his idea to a whole bunch of people who don't really listen to him. But he also pitches it to a hedge fund manager who works kind of in a separate entity of Morgan Stanley. And this guy is played by Steve Carell. And, you know, Steve Carell is this lovable, you know, figure of comedies in Hollywood. Um, I guess he shocked us all when he played a serial... uh, when he played a psychopathic killer in Foxcatcher. And again, he's pushing the envelope with his performance because he plays the classic, aggressive Wall Street, you know, self-interested, greed is good kind of a guy. And yet he's just like super angry when he realizes that, you know, he knows he's in a ruthless game, but he always thought the game had rules. And then he's realizing that, you know, this isn't capitalism. This is actually just bent. It's just fraudulent. And actually, a lot of the movie is through his and his team's eyes as they get pitched this idea in Wall Street. They head down to places like Miami just to see what is going on in the housing market. And they realize that people are getting foreclosed upon, that houses are for sale, that prices are falling. You know, they meet up with ordinary working class people who have six, seven homes now because people who are committing fraud have sold them these mortgages they are never going to be able to afford. So Steve Carroll is kind of like our sense of righteous anger at what the hell is going on here. And it's an absolutely spectacular performance. So you've got Michael Barry, Christian Bale over in San Jose. You've got the slick Wall Street guy. He's number two, played by Ryan Gosling. You've got Steve Carell and his hedge fund, Righteous Anger, number three. And so the fourth group of people we meet are these two young kids who are fresh out of grad school, very idealistic. And they have this tiny little garage band hedge fund um, that no one on Wall Street takes seriously. So when they happen to pick up a copy of Ryan Gosling's pitch book and realize that they want to bet on this idea too, their big problem is, is that they can't even make the bet because they're too small they don't even have an ISDA license agreement so basically one of them happens to be neighbors with this guy who used to be a trader at Nomura played by Brad Pitt and he helps them navigate this world and he's actually the one who shakes it out of them that you know you think you're going to be rich and great for you but this is going to be at the expense of ordinary people so maybe you want to check yourself so the movie sort of unravels as this investigative journalism as basically these hedge fund guys are just trying to understand how bent the system is where the fraud is who are these unpalatable individuals a lot of the funny clashes of personality involve steve carell being faced with someone who's either really moronic really fraudulent really arrogant or some wonderful combination of all three but of course it's a movie that I think does really well at explaining what went down, but it does contain a lot of jargon, you know, CMBS, CDO, CDO squared, synthetic CDO, all this stuff, is the license agreements, the whole works. And I guess the challenge for Adam McKay as director was, how do you convey this without baffling the reader? And Michael Lewis does that so well in his journalism, what's the equivalent of that on screen? So what he does, and this may be one of the rare examples where breaking the fourth wall in cinema really works, is that he has the Ryan Gosling schmoozy salesman sort of act as your guide. He kind of gives a narrative. He tells you when this is true and really happened or this we've just made up for the film or whatever it is. And what Adam McKay also does is he has little 
excerpts where he has real life famous people explain stuff to us. So he has Anthony Bourdain, the chef, explaining how a CDO squared works. Or he has Margot Robbie in a bathtub in champagne explaining what ABS is. So it's kind of like the writer-director is acknowledging it's tricky to get this information across, so let's make a joke out of it. And I think it works really, really well. So kudos to whoever dreamt that little conceit up. So as you can see overall, I love the big short. I think it's smart. I think it's darkly funny, but it's also tragic. You're seeing a loss of faith in capitalism and the American dream by the people who are inside the system. And I think that is, you know, from my perspective, quite sad. You're also seeing the true tragedy of what happens. You know, it takes you to homes that are going to be foreclosed. So I think that it's an important film. If it gets the complexity of what happened out to the people who are now paying for it, aka the taxpayers, more power to that movie. I also want to say that there is always a risk with these movies on Wall Street that are made by these kind of left-leaning directors who want to point out how horrible it is that they become recruitment cards for Wall Street. That definitely happened with the original Wall Street movie. It definitely happened with Michael Lewis's book, Liar's Poker. I think you would have to be really bonkers to watch the big short and want to go into banking to get rich. The message of this movie overall is that these sort of schmoozy, sleazy schmucks who you might have admired on Wall Street are just dumb and that's the best you can say about them if not fraudulent. It's a movie that makes you angry with the system rather than wanting to become part of the system, I hope. But we'll see, I guess these things always have a little bit of a life of their own. Nonetheless, this is, it's an important movie, but it's a funny movie. It's a brilliantly acted movie. And of all the people in it, I think Steve Carell, really, it's just a fantastic performance and well worth seeing. So go ahead, watch the movie, um, read the book. Michael Lewis's book is very readable and really fast paced and shows you how many of the scenes in the movie that you think are just so funny and could never have happened that way actually did. I mean... This, the, the characters in real life were just waiting for a movie to be made about them. So if you've seen Big Short and agree or disagree with my take, feel free to leave a comment on the blog at beena007.com or you can find me on Twitter at beena007, all spelt out. Um, otherwise, thank you very much for listening. Hey, excuse me. Hi, honey. The therapist called. You did it again. There were no cabs. What was I supposed to do? You're running around like you have to right every wrong. In the world. Okay. How angry. Fine. You know what? I'm a mean guy and I'm pissed off. You have no idea the kind of crap people are pulling and everyone's walking around like they're in a damn Enya video. They're all getting screwed, you know. You know what they care about? They care about the ball game. Or they care about what actress just went into rehab. I think you should try medication. No, no, we agreed if it interfered with work. You hate Wall Street, but maybe it's time to quit. I love my job. You hate your job. I love my job. You're miserable. I love my job. I love my job, honey. The Big Short has a running time of 130 minutes and is rated R. The movie is out almost everywhere except Japan, where it opens on March 4th.